Well, it's good to have you with us. It's another edition of Death Taxes and Ball. The Jaguars keep this well-oiled machine running on their fifth in a row. Now they'll enjoy a bye week. They also made a trade a couple of days ago. Let's get into it right now. I'm Rick Bull. I'm Hayes Carline. Hayes, uh, your thoughts on Ezra Cleveland uh, coming in to play left guard. Also, I know you want to say hello to our spot. Yeah, appreciate John Spicklemeyer at Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. Give him a call for your car insurance needs at 471-7155 and let him review your policy. Make sure you're not paying too much. Insurance is really starting to spike. Uh, I just paid mine a few weeks ago and had John shop it, um, and uh, and he was able to save me a lot of money, as he always does. So, uh, again, don't be paying too much for car insurance. Give my buddy John Spicklemeyer a call. 471-7155. He'll take great care of you. He's a tremendous guy. And uh, yeah, Rick, I mean, hopefully Ezra Cleveland will be a tremendous left guard here. I, I do really like the top seven now. And really, I mean, Blake Hans is fine, particularly for your eighth guy. But I mean, you look at this club now has, you know, Cam Robinson, Ezra Cleveland, Luke Fortner, Brandon Sheriff, Anton Harrison, uh, is their starters, and then Walker Little becomes the best swing tackle in the NFL, and Tyler Shatley is one of the best depth interior linemen in the NFL. So, you know, as you start to think about the tournament and that playoff push, uh, if you do sustain an injury to one of your five, no matter which five, which of the five, I think you feel like you've got somebody off the bench that can step in and uh, and play at a really high level. I think it's a it's a tough break for Walker Little, but ultimately, and I'll give the Jaguars credit for this because they don't they don't always admit to an experiment isn't going to work, and sometimes they can be stubborn with it. They realize pretty quickly Walker Little can't play guard. Like he just in practice was making mental mistakes that you just can't have, and so he's just not suited to play there. So instead of continuing to force you know, a, a round peg into a square hole. They said, let's just go make a move. Let's get a true left guard and uh, move on from Ben Barge. Tyler Shatley is not really a starter. Uh, he's a great depth piece, but he's not our ideal starter at left guard. Let's go get a guy in Ezra Cleveland that's a great athlete, 49 starts. Phil Rauscher has coached him, and you're only giving up a six-round pick, so you're talking about a pick for this club that's going to be you know, in the late 100s, you know, somewhere in there, 200s. Uh, so I, I think it's... Uh, I think it's a really good move, and and it fortifies the line. I would have loved to have seen a pass rusher, uh, but it takes two to tango, and and I just don't think that they had the kind of uh, draft capital available that you saw in teams like San Francisco and uh, and and Chicago that tra- that acquired Montez Sweat and Chase Young respectively. Yeah, and also you don't know for sure what pick uh, you you're gonna give up in 2024 because of the whole Calvin Ridley uh, situation and whether or not it's a long term deal or he hits his, his incentive to you know make it a third round pick or it doesn't hit it so it's a fourth round pick you know all that's is kind of crazy and I I think everything's frankly changed there I mean my opinion on Calvin Ridley in the month of August is he was the second most important guy you'd have to resign after only Trevor Lawrence, if they elect to do that in March uh, of 2024, which I believe is the right way to go about it, the sooner you get that done, believe it or not, the, um, you know, it's, it's going to be less expensive. Every day that goes by, it, all these contracts are going to go up. But I, I think I've changed now. You know, Josh Allen's earned it. And I, I wonder about Cisco and Campbell and 
You know, the Walker Little thing is interesting because he played 11 snaps at left guard. He was the highest-ranked offensive lineman before Cam came back, and, and Walker Little did a real nice job at left tackle, and he's obviously their left tackle next year. But the move was a correct one. Cam's played well. He's gotten better throughout the course of the season. I, I just feel like Walker Little, though, has now been left behind twice. And you can kind of look at others and be like, you know, what's going on here? And is that going to affect him going into his final year with free agency? Sometimes I've been prone to overthink things, but you and I will start getting uh, comments from people and they'll say something like this. Walker Little will give the Jaguars a hometown disc. And my opinion to that is hell no. And he's been bounced out twice, even though we've gone through the reasons why, in fact, that has happened. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, right now, that offensive line, the only thing I see for sure next year would be Little left and Harrison at right. Luke Fortner has not played well. Uh, I, I have a feeling that stay with him, but he's got to get stronger. He's got to become a better player. Then that leaves you with the left and right guard uh, position uh, to worry about. Um I'm a little down as well, Hayes, on on the running back situation. And I I, I think where this team is is that they're going to continue to go the way they are until it breaks. But Travis Etienne left last week with an ankle. He left in the third quarter and he came back. I think he had 27 touches in the game. He leads the NFL in carries. I I would almost four-speed tank Bigsby regardless of his average per carry in fumbles or give – Dearness Johnson, much more of an opportunity. He's looked pretty good in limited carries. I think he's got nine on the year. But once you get into this, deep in the year, when you get into now November, December, and you play January football, you're going to need a compliment. You are going to need a second back. And I think what a big fear is here for Jaguar fans is if all of a sudden they stay with this pace, then it's ETN 20-plus every game, then all of a sudden, for one reason or another, he can't go how much trust do you have in your rushing attack if all of a sudden E.T. is on the sideline? It's a great point, and uh, the problem that they're running into is that Tank Bigsby, like a lot of rookie running backs, really doesn't have a good feel for pass protection at all. So he can really only be used on on first and second down. I I would give him one more chance. You know, hopefully the bye week kind of settles him a little. Um, I think he's you know probably thinking a little too much. Uh, but settles him down. Hopefully he can work on his own with just some, you know, working on pass protection, his assignments, things like that. Uh, you know, but I, I think just also a couple days away from it uh, can help him as well in, in terms of being in, you know, on the practice field and in the in the meeting rooms and things like that. But Tank Bixby needs a little bit of a reset. And I would give him one more game against the 49ers because it's it's not a game that you have to have. It's a game against an NFC team, uh, and it's a good opponent. So I would I'd give Tank Bigsby one more chance. If uh, he doesn't perform well, then I would uh, move Dearness Johnson to the number two spot and just work on Bigsby in the off season if everybody else stays healthy. But you know, it almost feels like with Tank Bigsby, he's having sort of that Devin Lloyd moment of his rookie year where, like, he's just lost. And Devin Lloyd needed, like, a month to basically not be relied upon on Sundays and just sort of find himself. And, you know, it ended up he came back and, and played pretty well. And now in year two, he's he's a much more impactful player. 
Uh, and so it almost to me feels like maybe that's where Tank is a little bit. But yeah, they can't. They, they, I think they've got one more game to sort of experiment with it. Uh, then then Tennessee comes. That's going to be a, a gigantic game. So and Dearness Johnson is a good back. I mean, there was a lot of people in Cleveland that were hoping the Browns would trade for him. Uh, so I mean, he's he is a good solid pro. And I understand they've invested a third round pick in Tank Bigsby. But at this point, I mean, you're trying to win the whole thing. You're trying to get home field advantage. You can't have a back that doesn't know who to block and is laying the ball on the turf. So, uh, again, he's a rookie. He's in a bye week. Hopefully that helps him. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think in looking at it, uh, it's it's almost now or never for this season for Tank Bigsby. And, again, I think he could get into the offseason, become better, and, uh, and in year two be really impactful. But I think if he's going to make an impact his rookie year, this is where he's got to start kind of hitting the accelerator or really, I think, be relegated to the third spot. Yeah, and, and I don't think there's any question the organization, they, they want it to work for him. I mean, they used third-round pick. So, you know, the ego gets involved here. This isn't a James Robinson, you know, an undrafted uh, free agent of a couple of years ago. Obviously, did well early on. I mean, they, they want this to work. And... I am a little surprised because he looked good uh, back in camp. You know, I went back and, and looked at the numbers on Monday with Ernest Johnson a couple of years ago. He had 100 carries in Cleveland. And, you know, he, he averaged 5.3 yards a carry. And it's not like he had, you know, an 80 or 90 yarder. His longest that season was 30 yards. That means with 100 carries, he was pretty consistent with that average per. So, He's shown some signs, and, and, you know, when you get back to a guy like Hank Bigsby, I, I've always thought he's a guy that would get better with more carries. Give him seven, give him eight, give him ten, and you're going to see much more out of him than just, say, two or three carries he's been averaging. But I think it's time now to, to see what see what Johnson uh, can do. And, you know, I uh, see Etienne, it felt like last year, watching Doug Peterson when he – you know, we talked about the games. I think there were three or four games last year where ETN went north of 20-plus carries. And I, I got the feel, I don't know if you did, uh, Hayes, but I got the feel that Peterson was like, oh, that, that's too many. We need to cut back on that a little bit. Well, that's changed this year. There's no doubt. They feel very confident in him. But he's such a weapon. I mean, he's had such a really good year as a pass receiver as well, I, I just kind of want to lessen his carries. I mean, you look at this game. They, they had this game one, and the whole world knows that Jacksonville is going to run the ball deep in the fourth quarter and take the clock, and, and look what happened. Three straight times he got pounded behind the line of scrimmage. That That is what is a concern for me. So, you know, we'll see what happens. There's a lot of football left, and, and, and maybe Johnson becomes the guy uh, who gets a little bit more? Um, yeah, hey, you know, as far as I'm, what's up? Yeah, I was just gonna say, uh, give give us a state of the union. How how do you see this thing? Uh, how do you think the second half plays out from a a record standpoint? If you had a thought on on the running backs, certainly finish it. But I I'm curious to get your thoughts on where do you see this thing going? Where they've got you know nine games left. Where, where do you think they come in at? I think they have a chance to be the number one seed. Yeah. You know, I, I, I really do. I, I've spent some time, and um, I'm actually, that's going to be a big part of what I'm doing tonight is, is looking through the, the nine remaining games, and in my opinion, giving the most difficult uh, to the easiest and, and, and going through these four teams so I'll have records. 
of six and two. And, you know, you take it one at a time. This league is crazy. I mean, each and every week we see something and we're like, that just happened uh, last week with, you know, Kansas City. Uh, would have been an example. But, you know, I really like what this team is doing. I'm seeing guys improve, and that's coaching. You mentioned Devin Lloyd. He's improved. Darius Williams, he's improved. Now getting Devon Hamilton back in and and healthy. He only played 14 snaps last week. I think that rush defense is absolutely uh, improved. Right now they're, what, top five in the NFL, less than 80 yards a game. I, I really like where they're where they are. My my biggest uh, concern once again is impromptu mistakes. Uh, Trevor Lawrence can't throw in the triple coverage in the red zone. He he just cannot do that. He's got to throw it away, or he's got to take the underneath ball and and take what the defense gives you. He's so good and he's so smart. But every once in a while, it's just like Trevor, what are you doing? in this particular situation, they don't turn around later and make a fantastic uh, play. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I think Trevor's, you know, exactly where you want him to be outside of making some of those mistakes. Um, five and oh, this year in October, zero and five last year in October. So <laughs> yeah, the way the Jaguars are playing right now is, uh, is really, really impressive. What about you? I think six and three is is a reasonable and fair expectation. Um, obviously, they've got uh, some really tough games, but they're all at home. I mean, San Francisco, Cincinnati, and Baltimore have to come here. I I am concerned about the game at Cleveland. That to me feels like the egg game. They're going to lay another egg. They've laid one against Houston. You know, my guess is pretty much every team in the in the league this year is going to have two games that are just inexplicably. You know, they just don't play well and they lose. So I, I, in looking at that, I don't think this team's going to lay an egg at Houston because they already, you know, got routed once by Houston. So I think they'll be ready for that. I don't think they'll lay an egg against Tennessee in either game because of the nature of that rivalry and it's a divisional game. So my guess is they go. I think they'll go. You know, no worse than one and two against San Fran, Cincinnati, and Baltimore. My guess is. It's either at Cleveland or maybe it's at Tampa Bay on Christmas Eve that they stub their toe in a surprise, and uh, and you know something like that. That that those one of those two feels like one that they'll probably be favored but lose the game. I certainly think Carolina here they'll win, and uh, you know and and then we'll see in the finale. The finale, you know, I mean it, it might mean nothing. It might mean everything. So it's hard to know when they go to Nashville in the finale, what that game will, will mean. I don't think it's going to have anything to do with the AFC South. I think the Jaguars will have that wrapped up by that point, but you know, will they, are they locked into the four going into that game? Or are they fighting for the one, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that would change some things in terms of, uh, you know, if they're locked into their seed, then, you know, Doug may elect to not even play anybody, uh, you know, and, and then that obviously could result in a loss. But uh, but yeah, I think six and three and that would put them at 12 and five, which I don't think would be good enough to get the one seed. But, I, you know, I think it would probably put them somewhere between two and three, you know, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, hey, I wanted to get your thought. We, we obviously have to uh, jump out of here pretty quick, but I wanted to. Get your thought. I'm not a hockey guy. I never played it. I'm from Jacksonville, so it was just never a thing. I, I barely know the rules of the game. But I was just mortified by the death on the ice of of that poor kid, uh, the you know tw- 28, 29 year old, uh, you know playing in the in the minor league outfit. And 
And I just, you know, I heard death on the ice, a freak accident. And I'm thinking, I, you know, it was one of those things that I didn't pay a lot of attention to. Then I saw the video and my God, what is that idiot doing throwing his leg up like that into the guy's neck? What, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I've never seen anything like it. Not, not even remotely close. I mean, I, back in the seventies and, and stuff you used to have, you know, bench clearing brawls where there would be two on ones and, and three on twos. And, and, but for the most part, it was, it was, and, you know, every once in a while stick uh, would get used. I, I had never seen anything like this that, that cost Adam Johnson his life playing, uh, you know, hockey over in, uh, in England in the, uh, the elite ice hockey league. Um, as far as I'm concerned, this is homicide. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they'll 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 give it an involuntary manslaughter or try to fight and say no, it's just a mistake. It's not a mistake. I, I've been watching hockey my entire life. I, I played it, uh, you know, for the first 18 years uh, of my life, and you do not lift your leg the way that this guy did. I have never. Now, there's been mistakes where guys have pumped over one another. And a skate has come up, and it's it it's hit someone. Whether it's been on the wrist, uh, we had a sliced wrist uh, a couple of years ago that was really bad. You know, this one on the internet. You go back way, uh, probably twenty five years ago, when Clint Marchuk was the goaltender of the Quebec Nordiques, and he got cut by a skate uh, in the jugular, and and the blood spurted up, you know, like three or four feet in the air, and there was obviously incredible. Uh, doctors who were there and he was tended to immediately and they, they saved his life. But if that happened in the pond, you know, we play pond hockey, that's it. I mean, it would have been over for him, but this was blatant. Uh, The guy who did it, I guess is uh, one of, and it's not like I know a lot about hockey over there. I know nothing about that, that, uh, that style of it, but this was hockey's a sport where we get after one another and the physical stuff happens throughout the course of the game, this was a massive cheap shot. And I can't believe it cost this man his life. As far as I'm concerned, the individual involved uh, should go behind bars. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. I wanted to get your thought on that because I, I was mortified by the video. If you haven't watched it, uh, it's it's incredible. The, the, the kid actually hops up and starts to skate to his side, and you can see the the trail of blood that he's leaving, and it's just, just a tragic, tragic uh you know, tragic story, and I'm with you. I knowing nothing about hockey, I don't know why you would basically throw your leg up like that, five six feet in the air, uh, knowing what you're doing that you know with with, with that blade. But uh, yeah, so I'm with you. I hope the guy never plays again. Uh, and yeah, I'd, I'd have absolutely no problem if they brought criminal charges against him. So, all right, Rick, we'll uh, get us out of here. Uh, we'll we'll thank John Spicklemeyer one last time. 471-7155, Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. John's a great guy. I went to high school with him. You couldn't be in better hands. He has saved me hundreds of dollars with my car insurance. Give him the opportunity. He's either going to say, keep your policy, I can't beat this, or he's going to say, yep, let's uh, let's go with this. I can save you some money. So 471-7155, that is Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. And uh, Rick, I... Uh, it's going to be fun. San Francisco next week. Can't wait to break that down uh, every which way. Yeah, they've obviously added to their defense. Uh, it's already a top shelf. You mean maybe number one in the NFL. And, of course, they made the big move there 
uh, over the weekend um, uh, with the uh, team out of Washington, D.C. All right, that'll do it for us. Hayes Carline, I'm Rick Bowie. You can reach me, Bowie1010XL. How about you? Yeah, at Hayes Carline. Always a lot of fun is uh, hearing from you and your comments. We appreciate that as always. Enjoy the rest of the week. Enjoy your buy. We'll do it again next time right here on Death Taxes and Duval. Oh,